Well, good morning, church. And uh, honestly, I didn't, I didn't uh, think I'd be here this morning, but here we are. And uh, but it's great to be here. And honestly, um, you know, Wednesday I was like, okay, baby needs to come now. Thursday's like, baby needs to come now. Friday's like, he needs to come now. Yesterday's like, baby needs to stop. He needs to not come yesterday. He can't come today. Anything past twelve thirty today is all good. We're 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 stoked with that. We're happy with that because we're actually just so excited that Prem is here with us this morning. Uh, Mama Prem, as we like to call her, uh, was just such a blessing to us and our family when we were at um, Centerpoint Church, our our sending church, previous to to this uh, church plant that we're here at now. And uh, we we were able to disciple their young people through youth ministry, uh, but also Prem would just invite us over for dinner, spend time with us, and just invest in our life. And uh, we're just so excited, Prem, that you're here uh, coming to speak to us this morning. A little bit about Prem. She's married to her husband, Todd. He couldn't be with us here this morning. He's a little bit unwell. Uh, They have four amazing children, a son-in-law, and also a brand new, well, not brand new, but new, you know, new uh, granddaughter. And uh, so she's just loving life. And her kids love God and are serving God. And so this morning, church, as Prem comes to bring the word, let's be expectant. Let's be hungry for God to do something amazing. Uh, I'd love for you to stand to your feet this morning to honor Prem as she comes. And why don't you give her a hand as we honor her? She brings the word. Amen. I'm like right in the pulpit. <laughs> I'm in the pulpit. <laughs> well, good morning. You can be seated. Some familiar faces here. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, like Sam said, I know Sam from Centerpoint and uh, just an amazing, amazing leader, both Pastor Sam and Pastor Esther. I just want to thank you. It's such an honor. Uh, it's like coming to my son's church, you know. <laughs> I always say, you're like my son. You just got white skin, but underneath you, you're, underneath you're Indian because <laughs> they only come for curry. That's it. No curry, no Sam. <laughs> So, no, we, we love it. We love having them over. We miss them. Um, that was a hard Sunday because actually I was the one that sent you off that Sunday and prayed for you. And uh, it was like, you know, happy and sad kind of thing. Like, you know, emotions that parents normally feel like seeing your children go. Um, so this morning before I start, um, just got a couple of things I wanted to share. Uh, just a couple of things God's put in my heart. And I think first... For you, Pastor Esther and Pastor Sam, um, we went through the journey of Jordan and before, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was special because um, God was there, wasn't he here? And I think when Jordan was born, it was like joy was, you know, put into your family. She was just a joy bringer, isn't she? And I really sense God says with the number two, it's going to be faithful. You're going to see God's faithfulness, you know. He's been faithful uh, from the time of conception, and you've seen his hand of faithfulness on you all. And when the baby is born, you're going to, it's going to be like, like a firsthand experience of how faithful God is. You know, when you look at your baby, you're going to go, wow, God, you are faithful. And, you know, just leaning into that, what God's speaking to this couple, I just want to encourage you all that, We all go through seasons, and you need to understand that a season will never last. It's only there for a period of time. But when you're in that season is when you don't lose hope, you don't lose courage, you don't lose faith, but you keep 
looking on to that light that's there. And while you're journeying there, you remind yourself, God, you've been so faithful. God, you've been so good in the past, and I know you're going to see me at the end there. And then remember what he's done in your lives. And uh, we both can share losses. And one of the most powerful things, and King Jehoshaphat, if you want to go back and do some homework during the week, Second Chronicles chapter 20, when he rallied the troops and he actually, fear actually, you know, went into his heart. Because he was like, you know, there's this army and I don't know what to do. And that's when the, God says, the battle is mine. And what did he do? He did two things. Other than rallying the troops and encouraging them, he went to the prophets and they sang a song. Find your song in your season, whatever that may be, and remember it. And sing it during that season. Because God is the God of the mountaintop. But he's also the God of the valley. And the God of the in-between. All right? So, amen. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> we just going to do ministry today. <laughs> um, also, a lot put into my heart this morning. So, before I go and share the word, I just want to release this. Because then it gives you the opportunity to actually respond and just lean in to the word and at the end we would love to pray for you if any of this you know uh relates to you we we would love to pray for you uh there's someone here um i just saw a vision this morning that you're walking with your head sort of down um and you just like dragging your feet and you feel like the world's been really unfair and you've been mistreated and you're in a place of hopelessness but I just sense that God wants to encourage you and just say, you know, lift your eyes up. Because if you're looking down, you're losing sight of him that's actually in front of you. So look ahead, lift your eyes and look at your God, look at your Savior, look at your Jesus. And say, Lord, that's where I'm walking. I'm walking towards you. Because you need to know that he is your help. He is the light of your salvation. And you need to remind yourself that he loves you. So if that speaks to you this morning, come and see us after the service and we would love to pray for you. Um, there's also someone here struggling, struggling with your Christian walk. You've got like, I'm a Christian now and I know I need to follow this and be a disciple. But then I'm struggling with my worldly desires and this and that. I just want to encourage you as well this morning that it's, all for Jesus or nothing, and it's not a wasted thing. When you give your life to Jesus, things will fall into place, and he gives you the grace to overcome temptation and obstacles and whatever that's happening in your life. Any darkness that's there, he, his light will shine there. Just re remember that there's no gray area when it comes to God. It's light or darkness. And if you're feeling that you're in that dark place, you know what? It's just one step into the light. Uh, and I sense this person, whoever you are, you've got a calling on your life. And you need to just step out in faith. Just step out in faith. Speak to your pastors. Uh, if it's something personal, you know, speak to them. I know they're great people and uh, they've, they've just got good hearts. You've got a good, good pastors here. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> my daughter is laughing. <laughs> By the way, that's my daughter and my son-in-law, if you don't know. 
<laughs> that was a surprise. She came in last night. We had a party. And she said, Mom, guess what? I'm worship leading tomorrow. I said, oh. I said, but your dad and I wanted to be at Oasis when you worship led after, you know, leaving Center Point. She goes, uh, so I'm at Disciple House. I said, oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I was not supposed to know that. Maybe it was supposed to be a surprise. Um, but yes, so this morning before we go on, let's just pray. Thank you, God. Father, we just thank you, God, for your presence. We, Lord, we just hear your voice this morning. And Father, we just want to say, have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning as your people are encouraged and equipped. And Lord, as they step out in faith, Father, to their calling in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone knows me, you will know that my heart is always to see people fulfill their God-given calling. Like I would, and my kids would tell you, I will do everything I can without breaking any law <laughs> to make sure that you fulfill your calling. Because when you've got a calling, and I don't mean, I'm not even talking about the five-fold ministry. I'm talking about where God's called you, your school, your work, red frogs. You know, if you, if you feel a sense to work with young people, you know what I, I'm going to tell you? I'm going to tell you to step out and... Join these guys and see. Unless you try and see, you will not know, you know. And you know what? The worst thing that can happen, you have fun. But it'll be brutal. Brutally fun. <laughs> and, you know, you'll be a blessing. And maybe one person, one person's life will be changed by you being there. Hey, yeah, Jesus went for the one. Sometimes we look at the 99 and by God says, you know what, just look for the one. Just look for the one. I'm just going to make your life easy. Just look for the one. Um, Ephesians 4.14 tells us that God gives us the fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints, for the church. But who knows, you don't have to be a pastor to care for people. You don't have to be an evangelist to share your good, your good news, your story. You don't have to be a teacher to teach someone right or wrong. You don't have to be an apostle to go with red frogs to a mission trip. See, that's the other thing. Mission trips doesn't have to be overseas. Like mission trip is where God's put you and that's your mission. You just need to see God. Um, you know, this is like we own a business, my husband and I, and we know our business is our mission field. We get people walk through the door and, you know, God's touched them, God's encountered them. We've had you know, miracles and people who have been barren, have had babies because we've prayed and we just tell them, you know, we believe our God can do this in your life. Um, and that's our mission field. So, you know, mission trip is not Africa. It could be for some. India, not for me. Even though I'm Indian, I don't think I can go to India. I'm from Malaysia, by the way. <laughs> and, um, but it's where you're at, your school, where you work, where you serve, at Coles, at the checkout. Wherever, wherever you are, just say, God, what's my mission field this morning? What do you want me to do? Give me that one opportunity. And you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. And I learned that at a very, very young, you know, when I was a real young Christian. Uh, I used to get words, like I would just like, you know, it's not like a flaky UFO. You know. It's like, you know, you get a sensing in your spirit, like, hey, you know, I just see that lady there, and I just have that word that I want to share. 
And, you know, it just started with little things like that, you know. And I just just started releasing it. And um, then that's where I learned, like, hey, I don't have to be a prophet to prophesy because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said that he will pour his spirit down and we shall all prophesy. So wonderful Perez should have that up there. All shall prophesy. <laughs> Sorry, Perez. <laughs> Sorry, Perez looks after all our computer things at work too. Such a blessing. It's like, Perez, this count is not running up this morning. <laughs> okay, Prem, I'll log in. <laughs> okay, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, so then Peter stands up and then shares this prophetic word from the book of Joel and says, you know, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. There's hope for old people. <laughs> I know. Christina, Carl, and I always raised the age average on our worship team at Centerpoint. <laughs> ridiculously high. <laughs> It'd be like, <coughs> we did. <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 25, 20. Whoa, that's us up there. <laughs> we'll keep it a secret. <laughs> and I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will all prophesy. So the title of my message is All Shall Prophesy. If you're a spirit-filled disciple of Jesus Christ, if you, you are more than qualified to prophesy. You see, the Holy Spirit was so important in the, on the day of Pentecost because it was what Jesus promised. He said, you know, I'm going away to the Father. And the disciples were like, what? Where are you going, Lord? But we've seen you do this. We can't live without you. You are the one. You are the one. You light up my life. You gave me hope. <laughs> you know, it was like to carry on. <laughs> Shows our age. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's on their phone googling, what is that song? <laughs> but then he, Jesus said, <laughs> and then Jesus said, don't worry, I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the paracletos, the paraclete, the one who will be with you. And of course, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and they were filled and they spoke in tongues and they moved in fire. Peter, who denied Jesus, preached an amazing gospel message, and three to 5,000 were added to the church that day. All right? So, is the Holy Spirit important? Yes, He is. Yes, you are, Lord. You are very important. So, what is the gift of prophecy? It is the one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 11. I don't think I've got my, all my verses there. Oh, yes, I do. No, I don't. So, another homework. You can read that later on. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11. It sort of lists out all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But what it does say is, He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. So it is one of the nine gifts. Now, gifts are given. You don't have to earn it. It is given. All right? It's up to you whether you want to receive it. If I gave my son-in-law a gift... He's got the option either to receive it or to reject it. Now, if he rejects it, he's not going to get the gift. I'll give it to someone else. But if he receives it, then he's going to be blessed by it. And that's the same with us. Sometimes we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we think, 
um, do I want it? Do I not want it? You know, but I want I want to be that evangelist, you know, or that prophet that goes around. You know, the gifts are there for everyone. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit. Different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. So the spiritual gift is not for us. It's for others, all right? It is not for our benefit. It's for the benefit of others. And that takes a lot of pride away as well from the whole thing. Keeps you, you know, a bit grounded when you know that the gifts were given because it's there to serve others. Yeah. It's not to hide, but it's to be shared. It's to be, it's to be given. It's to say, hey, you know what? I've got a gift of service. Let me help you. I've got this gift. Let me do this for you. I can pray for you. You've got a headache? You know, I really sense that I need to pray for you. Just step up. The gift of prophecy is to be earnestly desired, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1, the first part. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Can I encourage you, if you are passionate and you have that niggling in you every now and then, I've got this word I need to share, or I want to say something to Pastor Esther, but I don't know whether I should. You know what? Can I encourage you? Share it. Be faithful in the little things. Be faithful in that little word and just deliver it. And I think the most important thing is let love always be your motivation. Let love always be your motivation because in when you're sharing a word of, um, you know, of an encouragement, um, you're actually sharing the Father's heart for that person. Father is talking to you, and you're saying, yes, Father, and you're sharing, and that person gets blessed. Number three, the gift of prophecy has a purpose. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, and if I, if, if, of all my notes, if you just take this bit, uh, I would say this is probably the most important thing is the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Now, strengthen means to build or to edify someone. Encourage means to inspire someone with courage, to bring hope, to call near, like paraclesis, the Greek word parakletos, where Holy Spirit comes from. Comfort means to cheer up or to raise someone's spirit. Now, the prophetic word you receive for yourself and others should always line up with this. Your prophetic word should always encourage someone. It should always bring strength to them, and it should always comfort them. Never tear someone down with whatever words you share. Um, it should always point them back to their relationship with God. And it should never condemn or shame a person. That is so important. Let love always be your motivation. You know, um, come from that place of love. Number four, the goal of the gift of prophecy is to bring out the best in people. And I love this quote by Chris Vallotton. We are to mine the gold that is among the dirt and to find hidden treasures in the lives of people. If that's your foundation for encouraging someone, then you're in a good place. 
um, we are to see someone the way God sees them. Not in a judging way, you know. We're not there to judge people and to highlight their faults and to expose their sin. Uh, we're not there to tell them what they've done is wrong, but we're there to give them a solution. We're there to help them, to comfort them. You know, one prophetic word, one word can change someone's life forever, forever. Just one word. Um, I'll share a story, and Pastor Esther is probably part of this, and she'll probably remember. We were in a church gathering, and it was an altar call, and uh, had this young girl come up for prayer. And, uh, and as she's walking up towards me, and the Lord showed me a picture of her in her room, thinking about taking her life. Um, now, she did not come and tell me that. Neither did I ask, tell her, hey, I saw a vision of you trying to kill yourself. No. Um, so I didn't come right out and tell her. So, but what I did, I began to speak life into her. And I began to prophesy God's best into her. And I began to declare his plans for her of hope, to bring her hope, to give her, you know, a good life, to give her a destiny. And as I'm prophesying these words of encouragement and strengthening her, then she shared with me her intentions. And, you know, and when she shared that, obviously she gave me permission then to step in to that personal space, and I was able to minister. But that's a classic example. If God is showing you something and you're not sure, like, hmm, then prophesy the best, you know. Start encouraging them and seeing them the way God would see them, you know. Just start putting that positive uh, into their lives. Very quickly, we're going to run through this now. Why do we not prophesy? I think the first thing why we don't step out and prophesy is fear. What if someone doesn't like what I'm saying? What if we're wrong, you know, which I have? Because once I told someone, oh, I believe God's going to give you, I believe that the baby you have is going to be a boy. This is like early days. It's like going back 30 years. And she's like, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I'm not married. <laughs> and that was it. I was like, never again, Jesus. Never again. <laughs> but you know what? You learn, right? You learn. So, thank God she wasn't from our church. That was a good thing. Just a visiting. <laughs> um, or the other one we go is, the other myth is, only special people can prophesy. You know, people that walk really holy and they have an atmosphere of worship behind them. You don't need an atmosphere of worship to encourage someone. I mean, in fact, I told Pastor Sam earlier, I said, I think I might get Michael to come up just to be on the keys. And then you know what the Holy Spirit said? So you need the keys for me to move? <laughs> I was like, no, Lord, you're moving already. Okay. So, yeah, no. Not everyone can prophesy. But is it spiritual to be so hungry for the gift? Yes, it is. Your hunger will determine the intensity of His presence in your life. If you're not hungry for something, you're not going to get it. You need to be hungry. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. You need to be hungry. And don't stop being hungry. 
Once you're full, ask for more. Okay, just keep asking. Keep continuing being hungry for Him because that will determine His presence in your life. Um, but you know, the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, I'm so impatient. I don't have self-control. I'm hardly joyful. I'm so ungrateful, you know, and don't even say thank you. But hey, you don't have to be perfect. Be teachable. Be teachable. And let God move in your life. You know, you don't have to display all the nine gifts of the Spirit. Yes, we are all to work towards it. And yes, we're going to fall. We're not going to get there. We will one day eventually in heaven. We will have all nine operating. I will. <laughs> I'm lacking in a few. <laughs> but you know what? Be in that place of saying, Lord, I messed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I messed up big time. Please forgive me. Um, parents will know, you know. Kids and I, we have our moments. We can either stay in that moment or we can change it around and I can go, Hey, forgive me. The way I spoke to you, that came out of anger. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But this is what I was trying to say. And just, just get over it. Forgiveness and move on. Move on. But I'm not encouraged to move in the gifts. Uh, your pastor's got me today here. And he's got Pastor Ian next week. So I think your pastor's encouraging you to move in the gifts. Yeah. Be whatever it is. Uh, I think your pastors would love for you all to move in that gift and to be in that place where you all are operating. Practical things. So once we've done all that, practical things. Be under authority. Come under your leadership. It's a safe place. It is a safe place. Um, be patient because sometimes there is a waiting. Be humble. Because rejection will come. <laughs> Be teachable. It's part of learning and growing. That's why we have teachers. Because we learn, we grow, we have teachers that are teachers. Be accountable to someone. Be creative. Recognize the way God speaks to you prophetically. Be creative. In the way God speaks to you. A couple of years ago, we bought a painting. It was at an auction. And there was someone else <coughs> bidding for it. It was for Beyond the Walls. It was a charity thing that we do. And um, we liked the painting. And we wanted to do something. So we bid it for it. We got it. Sat in our bedroom. And we look at it at night. And it was just a painting. And one day I was praying. We were at church, altar call. And I prayed for, and I've got permission, for our pastors, Mitch and Taryn. And they'd just fallen pregnant with their second one. And I just had this word. And the word 
that I had for them actually came from the painting. It was of Point Perrin. It was the waves crashing on the rocks. And I said, but I see you all standing on that rock. And even though it's crashing and hitting from all sides, but you're just firmly standing on the rock. And they shared a little bit about their journey in the pregnancy. Uh, they had a few scares, which I didn't know. <coughs> I sound like Tina Turner now. And I went home and <clears throat> I told Todd, we need to give the painting to them because <clears throat> it's theirs. We've got no connection to this painting. We just bid it for it because we wanted to, you know, donate some money. And we thought, well, we love paintings. Well, I wrapped it up basically like 8.30 at night. Wrapped it up and... Um, I think Sarah drove me there. I was in my pajamas. But you know when the Holy Spirit said, go, you just go. <clears throat> Took it to them. Reiterated the word. And I said, this is going to make a lot of sense. The next day she, no, that night itself, she rang me. And she said, you will not believe it because they lived in Rockingham before moving up she said that was our spot and they were the second bidders that didn't get it <laughs> she said that was our spot she said in fact Mitch <coughs> he's quite good at sketching always wanted to sketch point parent but he could never never get it when he saw the painting, he was like, yes, that's what I remember it to be. So he was the second bidder. But you know when the Holy Spirit says, do it, you just do it. You just do it. You don't, even if it's wrong, you're just going to bless someone. Even though they hate the painting, it doesn't matter. You know, you've done your part, right? <laughs> Timing. Be discerning. If you got a word for someone, you don't have to share it straight away. I've heard, I've had word for one of our pastors, and it actually took about six months before I actually released it. Because when God gives you a word, it doesn't disappear. Because it's God's word. And every time you see that person, God reminds you, remember, but not now. So when I shared it with our pastor, um, one of our pastors, he was, I actually had to record it because it was too long to type. And uh, he was like, you wouldn't believe it. He said, it's exactly what I need and it's exactly what I'm doing at this point in my life. Now, if I had given it to him six months earlier, it would have meant nothing. So that's the other thing. Just wait for the timing. Because if it's a word from God, whenever you see, whenever you see Luke, you'll go, oh, hang on, I remember that word God gave me for him. But oh, no, no, it's not right. I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, not now, yet. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
I think the most important thing is, um, I'm going to end soon anyway, is what fruit does it promote? Does it line up with Scripture? Does it unify? Is love your motivation? And does it have the escape ingredient? Encouragement, strength, and comfort. But what can I do, Prem? What can I do? Simple. Spend time with Him. Listen to His voice. You don't have to be religious about it. Find your way of talking to your God. For me, sometimes it's just sitting down and just putting worship music like that. And I just, Lord, just your presence. Just speak to me. Sometimes it can be, Lord, I just pray for this, I pray for that. You know, it's different. Soaking, reading his word, being aware of his presence. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. And never stop learning. Always be in that place of wanting more and learning more. We've got some great people that y'all can listen to. Corey Turner, Gary Borgen, David McCracken, Chris Vallotton. These four are like my favorites. And I just listen to their podcasts. And I just do, Lord, whatever they have, I want that. Whatever they have, I'm just hungry, Lord. I just want that. So now in my notes it says, call the musicians up. You were prophetic. (laughs) So where do I start and when? Now. Start now. Just be bold. Don't, you know, don't be fearful of making mistakes. It takes faith. Start with that small word of encouragement. The first step is always the hardest. Operate in love. Mistakes will happen, but move forward and earnestly desire it. So, simply putting it, prophesying is hearing from God and speaking what you hear in order to strengthen, comfort, and encourage someone. And let love always, always, always be your motivation. Amen. We're going to close. Before we close, I'll just do a couple of things. I don't know whether any of, whether all of you all know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But if you don't, I'm not going to embarrass you to ask you to put your hand up or anything. But just repeat a prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming for me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me, that my sins are forgiven, that I have a home with you, that I'm always in your presence, that I have no fear, that I know God, that my life is in your hands. I give you my heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Second lot of people, If any of those words that we released at the beginning, if that's you, we would love to pray for you. If you want to, if you're brave enough to come up, um, 
or come and see us personally afterwards, see your pastors, you know. Uh, don't want to put you in that uncomfortable place, but yeah, we would love to pray for you. The third lot of pers- people that I'm going to pray for, if you sense that you have a desire to move in this gift, or if you've been discouraged by leaders in the past, or if you've let fear stop you, or you're in that place of doubting yourself, if that's you, can I just, how should we do this? Get them to come forward? Yeah, yeah, just come forward. And we want to lay hands. We want to impart faith into you, boldness. We want to call out that gifting in you. All right? Amen. I'll leave it to Jairus and the team. Come on, why don't we stand?